welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you. As a reminder, you can watch this entire show along with all the visuals that go along with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We record two Vegas news and info shows every single week and combine them into this podcast. On this week's show, we have a lot to discuss, including the big news that Universal Studios or Universal Parks are going to build a year-round haunted attraction at Area 15 along with a major expansion. Plus, we'll also discuss what it's like living at Wynn, a big $6 million payoff at Flamingo, the Vegas Loop Resorts World Experience, what it's like on that first stop on our mass transit system coming to Las Vegas. Plus, there was another casino robbed. We'll tell you how to get into Nevada State Parks for free. So much coming up on this week's show. As a reminder, you can find all of our Vegas-related posts, podcasts, and videos at mtmvegas.com. Thanks so much for listening. Let's hit it. So Mark, CES happened this last week. I was there. Maybe I'll talk about it a little bit on the next show. But the big news of the week was the Sapphire Gentleman's Club bringing in the Mech the Bot Johnson, the world's largest mechanical bouncer, I guess. I don't know if there's actually a world record for that. But did you see this thing? Yeah, it looks like a like a space odyssey thing that you're on the you're walking on the moon and I don't <laughs> they must be selling a lot of lap dances because I can't imagine that was cheap. So this is kind of crazy. I know it's a big PR thing, but I don't know. It'd be cool to see in real life, man. That thing's just nuts. Well, they did have the AVN Awards this week in Vegas, too. Plus, the tech bros are known to love their adult entertainment. So you got to protect the dancers somehow. <laughs> yeah, the tech bros. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about this week. Let's start with a terrorism attack in southern Nevada, or at least that's how the government is classifying it. A man uh, on last Wednesday broke into the mega solar array facility and he set a vehicle on fire, kind of trying to destroy, I guess, the solar array. The interesting part of this story is that this power plant supplies all the power for MGM Resorts in their 13 casinos in Las Vegas. So it seems like uh, a kind of a personal attack, but uh, he's in jail charged with terrorism. Yeah, maybe he had like a bad run on slots or something. I don't know. But I, I, the most interesting thing about the story, I thought, was that like M MGM has their own power plant, essentially which I never even considered as a thing and that's kind of nuts and and cool that it's you know solar and all that but I just you think power just comes in from you know the same way everybody else gets power but MGM has their own setup which is pretty cool yeah it's a solar array out there and I think that this was a move several years ago I seem to remember being on the news uh, just to kind of get themselves off the grid and be more sustainable and move in that direction uh, as all the casinos are trying to do they did damage the power plant but it said it's going to be up and running by next week and they're able to use the grid power to supply everything so it didn't affect operations at all at MGM but this guy, they're throwing the book at him. Act of terrorism, first-degree arson, third-degree arson, destroying personal property, and escape by a felony prisoner. Those are all the charges he's being given. So it seems like they're taking this very seriously, and they don't want uh, any similar incidents. And they did say it was an isolated incident. They don't think he was working with anybody else. So more uh, just a crazy dude going out there trying to destroy solar panels. Yeah, I wonder what the the backstory is. Like, why why did he decide to do this? And the escape <laughs> escape prisoner was he? Did he break out of jail and then go light stuff on fire? Like, I don't understand that charge. I don't either. I didn't see anything in the article that said exactly what happened. But maybe he tried to flee. It seems like they're just trying to throw the book at him. A terrorism charge is really serious. Although, I mean, this is infrastructure. Don't mess with infrastructure, right? This is a power plant. I guess that makes perfect sense. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a big story and one that a lot of people wanted us to cover. So we'll keep an eye on it, see if anything else happens. But 
For now, it just seems like an isolated incident, which is really good news. All right, so a new garage is going in at the Arts District. One interesting thing that's happened in downtown Las Vegas over the last decade or so is that it has sort of shifted from the heart on Fremont Street. Everybody's kind of tourists. They always went to Fremont Street. There's always been a ton of parking there and garages for all the casinos, stuff like that. But as the Arts District has sort of grown and there's more and more venues, people go in there for breweries and beers and there just isn't a lot of parking in that area because it's just traditionally been more kind of industrial, stuff like that. So the city of Las Vegas is trying to solve this problem, buying a piece of land for $1.6 million at the corner of Imperial Avenue and Casino Center. The plan is to build a garage. They say it'll all be paid for by tolls, you know, people paying to park in the garage. I think this is a great idea. We need more parking in the Arts District. Yeah, I was a little surprised that they, you know, said it was going to take like two to three years to build a parking garage. It didn't seem like it would, it should take that long, but I didn't realize initially that they're buying up, you know, a property that there's housing and stuff on, so they have to move people out and, and knock it down, demolish it, and do all that. So, Definitely needed. I, I love the Arts District. I think that's, you know, we've talked about last week, Fremont Street really isn't the greatest vibe uh, right now or anymore compared to what it used to be. And I think Arts District is that place. If you want to go get more of like a local vibe, uh, downtown feel, I'd go to Arts District for sure. And, you know, the the couple times I've been down there, definitely, I've always been dropped off by Uber or whatever, but it didn't look like there was any parking at all. So I'm sure it's just a cluster for all locals that want to go there. Yeah, they have added more surface parking over the last few years. But if you're there in a busy time, there's times where you're going to have to park far away from where you actually need to be and walk. It just really wasn't designed for the amount of people that are down there now as it's had this sort of resurgence. They do lease two adjacent lots that they're also going to use for this garage, although they don't have long-term leases. So they're still working on that part. And as you said, five families are being displaced or will be displaced when they build this. Uh, So progress uh, comes at a cost, I suppose. But I think this will be a big thing for the Arts District. And it's going to help it grow, right? You need to be able to put people in order to add more businesses and add more fun down there. And it is one of the best areas of Las Vegas. If you're visiting, definitely worth checking out that area. Going to some of the breweries, the bars, there's good restaurants walking around. They've even improved the streets over the last few years. We talked about like Main Street. They made it one way. They've added like lamps and trees and landscaping. It's become so much nicer. Are they they real trees though? (laughs) I don't know. I'll have to get my (laughs) shovel out and dig. I mean, I used to go down there all the time to Casa Don Juan, which has kind of gotten lucky that this all sprouted up around them. But it used to just be like old Furniture stores, you know, those like furniture stores that sell furniture from like liquidated 20 years ago, that kind of stuff. So it's uh, great to see it in the form that it is now. And good to see that the city is sort of forward thinking into making this into a destination even more. Yeah. And like you say, if you have to park far away right now, it, you know, the the area surrounding it isn't the best. So, you know, that might make you where you're like, eh, we're not going to do it tonight because I'm not going to park my car out here and, you know, potentially have it broken into or whatever could happen. And walking back to it late at night is something you don't want to do. So they definitely need it. And I'm glad they're doing it. Wish it was a little bit quicker, but they'll get there. All right. So let's talk about the story. I know you're waiting and you're chomping at the bit <laughs> to, to talk about this guy who is an insider article. This guy lived in a salon suite at Wynn Las Vegas for a month after his apartment flooded. He says he lives on like a condo on the top floor of a casino. So we don't know where he lives normally, but one of his neighbors like city city center, right? Wouldn't you think? Yeah, something like that. I mean, it's weird that he said it on top of like a hotel or a casino. So um, it could be, you know, the residences at Waldorf. There's a few options there. But he lives in a fancy place 
on the strip and it flooded. So he decided after getting the insurance money to spend a month at Wynn in a salon suite, 1,800 square foot suite. His average rate was $1,942 a night. So that's about what, 60K for the month. And we don't know if insurance covered all of that. But no, Mark, uh, you weren't too <laughs> impressed with this story, were you? I mean, it just comes off kind of out of touch and unlikable a bit. And I mean, the the one thing, the very last thing he talks about is self uh, self parking and how great it is to have it because his uh, condo only has valet parking. And I'm like, okay, I could kind of see that if you're not at a mega resort because self parking, you usually have to walk forever to get to your room. And he goes on to say like. You know, by the time I call down five minutes later, my car's there for valet. So you're not saving any time by that. And I totally think it was just to take a picture of his Aston Martin Martin in the self-parking garage as like a humble brag type of thing. It doesn't make any other sense. So I wanted to point that out first and foremost. It did look a little strange. As soon as I saw that picture of the Aston Martin, I was like, I would never park my car. And it's like parked pretty close to other cars, you know, it's, yeah, it, maybe it was a humble brag. I don't know. Yeah, go up to the top where there's no other cars or something. I don't I don't know. Like, it, there's no quickness in self-parking in Vegas. Like, other places, if I'm at a hotel or something, I'll self-park because you can often get to your car a lot quicker than valet. But in Vegas, that's not, not the case. But interesting, at least, to see what it's like to live in a hotel, especially a luxury hotel and you know, what you find yourself doing that you don't normally do because it's right there on property. So, I, you know, I did enjoy th- that aspect of it, but it, some of it was just like, come on, man. Yeah, there were some interesting things. He compares the spa at Wynn and the spa at Encore, which is interesting. Talks a lot about the service that he receives being in that suite. So it's a good look into sort of that luxe lifestyle and what you can get at a luxury hotel in Las Vegas and even in other places. But it's a good look at that. What was really interesting, he said it changed his Christmas shopping patterns uh, because instead of just shopping online, because he had the shops there at Wynn, he just went and did all of the shopping there. Who shops in casinos for Christmas? I mean, yeah, I mean, but he you want to pay forty percent more? Yeah, I think he even said like after he checked out, he still went back to the shops at Wynn to finish his Christmas shopping. So uh, I think they got him all indoctrinated there. He does go into a lot of the restaurants too that he ate at. Uh, some of the ways he used his credits uh, that he got, how he saved 15% on the room. So I do think the article is worth reading, and it's an interesting thing to do in life. And congratulations to him. I, I, uh, I'm i not jealous, but it would be cool to do that. Yeah, and I, I like uh, you know the tip he gives at the Japanese restaurant where the seats out by the waterfall, if you call ahead and you just have to spend a minimum of $175 a person, which... If you're in that restaurant, it probably isn't a tough thing, you know, if you're breaking out among a group, amongst a group and all that. So that was cool. I, one thing about the shopping, like I didn't realize there was like an indoor snow place that you can go for uh, the one store where he's buying a coat. Like they have a room that's negative 10 degrees and there's actually snow falling. So you can try on the coats and go in there. I thought that was really cool and something I haven't seen anywhere before. Yeah, that was news to me as well. So some interesting stuff. So check out that article. Now, I'm not jealous of him, but I am jealous of this next one. A local one, over $6 million playing Pai Gal, 6,443,000. Of all At places. Flamingo. <laughs> yeah, did you see the way the security guards uh, surrounded him? You know, there is an issue when you win a jackpot and you get a lot of attention. It sort of brings the eyes of a lot of people. And it can be nerve-wracking, you know, walking back to your room, doing stuff like that. And uh, we saw the, a picture of what the Flamingo security did. Basically surrounded the guy, took really good care of him. And uh, that was re- that was uh, nice to see. But yeah, you don't expect to win a $6 million jackpot at Flamingo. 
I guess he got a straight flush with a Joker. I'm not a Pi Gal yeah. player, but pretty I, good. I've never played. I've never played Pi Gal before either. I was surprised that a Joker would hit the progressive cause, since it can work for like all things in a flush. Uh, you know, usually it's like it has to be the legit cards. You know, when you're playing stuff like that. So that was interesting. And definitely amazing. I would probably want to get out of there as soon as possible. You know, security, take me to a limo. Take me off property somewhere. I don't want anybody trying to track me down or whatever. And if he's a local, just go home or whatever. But yeah, that would be the nerve-wracking part. Like, you won. Okay, now how do I get out of here as quickly and safely as possible? Because you just don't know these days. Yeah, he didn't keep his information private either. So he posed for the picture and all of his name is out there as well. Not something actually, I would probably do. He actually smiled on like those, uh, what were they? Was it like Ellis Island with the old people where the guy was all grumpy when he won? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was actually happy. So uh, hopefully he hasn't uh, blown $6 million to win that. Congratulations to him. Now on the flip side, do you see that video of uh, Mike Barth? He's one of these, he's a big sports better, I guess. He's in the Circa Sports Survivor Contest. He was going to win $2 million if the Indianapolis Colts beat the Houston Texans. But then the Houston Texans went for a two-point conversion at the end of the game and won, and he lost $2 million. And one of his friends filmed it and put it on Twitter. So I don't know what's worse, what nice like friend. putting that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I mean, and we should, uh, you know, preface this all by saying when you're in a survivor contest, you can pick each team once. If they win, you go on to the next week, you have to pick a different. So you can't just pick like the same team over and over. So I think he was down to uh, he had to use the Jaguars, Vikings or the Colts. And the Colts were playing the Texans, which were the worst team in the well, were the worst team in the NFL. So I think that's why he went that way. But yeah, they they scored a touchdown on fourth and twenty two before the two point conversion, so it was like a double whammy. Yeah, sports betting is a, a crazy game, and it, it's I mean, think about the emotional roller coaster of being so close to winning two million dollars and then to watch it go away on the he must on that. <laughs> he must win two million dollars because he didn't seem like super upset. I would be breaking two million dollars worth of stuff, and he's just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, while we're on the subject of sports, I do want to congratulate you that your Detroit Lions beat my Green Bay Packers. As I said on Twitter, for a Lions fan, that must be like winning the Super Bowl. So it congratulations. The la- over congratulations. the last seven years, we haven't done anything. So, I mean, it was a fun game. I wish the Seahawks would have lost, so it would have been like both teams playing for it. But it was a really fun game. The end of the game was kind of crazy, some of the plays they came up with. So enjoyable to watch. You know, sad that both teams, you know, finished so strong and neither one made the playoffs. But we got next year, I guess. Yeah, congratulations to the Lions. I mean, they had two wins. What were they, like two and six or something? I mean, they turned their entire season around. So congratulations to that, even if they missed the playoffs. And they beat their rival on the road. So uh, that's good stuff. All right, I did want to finish off by talking about the Resorts World loop. I finally got to check it out this week when I was going to CES. And so there's two things with the Vegas loop, right? The convention center has its own loop, the LVCC loop, which has a west station a central station and a south station and those are all connected you can get on at one get off at the other now resorts world is part of the wider vegas loop and it's the first part of that and it's like a maybe a one mile section it basically goes from resorts world across the street to the west hall except it doesn't connect in with the other stations so it kind of goes to that corner right where fountain blue is and you have to pay for this you have to pay 450 for a day pass to do it but other than that, it's basically the same experience. I'm not sure if it's really worth doing this, considering you still have to, if you want to connect to the rest of the loop, you have to walk across the parking lot. For my purposes, it was fun to try it out. And I just started out in the West Hall. 
But uh, the Resorts World area, you kind of go to where the mall is, go downstairs, and they have several different uh, cars there. You just scan a QR code. You can use Apple Pay or your credit card to buy your pass on your phone. You show them that when you're getting in the car. So this really isn't the most useful system, Mark, but it, uh, it's there. <laughs> As it's the I said. <laughs> no, are they planning on connecting it at all? Or is it always going to be that way where you have to get out and walk across the parking lot to get into the convention center uh, section of the loop? I do believe it will be connected in eventually. They are also building a second tunnel. So right now, this part only has one tunnel, meaning that you have to wait a minute or two for cars to clear out. So when they're loading on one side, the cars on the other side are starting to go in the tunnel and then vice versa. There was a point uh, the driver said one of the drivers went in at the wrong time and we had about a five minute wait uh, because the driver had to back out. And so it is right now just a one way system just for the resorts world part. So, yeah, it's you know, it's not the (laughs) I'm not going to say it's the best thing ever. But I guess it's a start and uh, they're trying to do, you know, several casinos a year. So we'll see how it all kind of ties together. But for right now, I guess if you're lazy, it works. But honestly, depending on where you are in Resorts World, it might just be quicker to walk across the street than to go all the way to the mall in order to go downstairs, wait, wait for the one-way traffic, and then go you know back and forth. And then if you're like deep in the convention center, then like I tested this coming back, we took the other, the LVCC loop, and then we had to walk across the parking lot and take this loop. I don't know. It just didn't seem worth it. But it was cool to do. Yeah, it seems like it'll just be people that want to check it out right now. Uh, that's the only reason to ride it. Because, I mean, if it drops you off there, unless you're going to the convention center, there's nothing really else that you want to ride it for. And then even then, you got to get out and walk a bit. So it kind of defeats its purpose a bit. Yeah, and if somebody wants to get the Vegas Loop experience just and you're there for a convention, then you can just go ahead and use the free system, I think, to get around within the convention center. We had to show our badge or proof that we were going to the convention center. So... I don't know. Keep that in mind. I've always wondered if there's no convention going on, does the loop even operate over there? Or is it just when there's stuff going on at the convention center? The loop does operate on some days, but not all days. Uh, So it's been, I don't think they really publish it, but I have seen where, especially the Resorts World one has operated when the convention center isn't open. And sometimes they have smaller conventions and sometimes they're not checking. So, I mean, if you bought a ticket, they might just let you go on. I don't know. I mean, just kind of following the signs. I did want to also say Resorts World, I was there during the first week that they implemented paid parking. Super simple. You just take a ticket when you go in if you don't have your card already and you can sign in. I didn't have my card with me, but I already have an account. So I just reprinted a card and on the way out, you just tap it and you're on your way out. So they make it super simple. Don't have to mess around too much. You do have to sign up for a player's club card, but that's it. So I was happy to see that. And you know, it was a it was a fun time. Resorts World was pretty dead the the day we visited, but it was good to get in there. Reminds me of like walking through there how much I love it in some ways, and I don't like it in other ways. I get what people say where it feels sterile, but there's some really interesting venues and decor. Like it's just a place that gives me all kinds of mixed emotions every time I go in. And this was a reminder, but it will always be the first place to have a Vegas Loop stop mark with a one way tunnel. There's their claim to fame. No, I, I, same sentiments. Like it, it, you just don't really know where it fits in or what what it who they're going for there, and I think that's what leaves people uneasy with Resorts World. You know, there's parts of it that are really great. Certain restaurants look really cool, and you know we love the lobby of Crockfords and all that. So they did some parts really great. They just don't interconnect so well, and I think that's maybe over time they'll they'll figure that out. But until that, I think everybody will feel a little bit uneasy about it, and it just is what it is. 
So, Mark, we had another rainstorm this week, and what happens whenever it rains in Vegas? It seems a casino floods. This time it was Binion's, and uh, the devastation looked pretty widespread. Trash cans saving it, or no? Yeah, I love how they just bringing up huge trash can and let it fill up and then overflow like what's the what's the purpose of it if you're not going to empty them but i think we need to go back a couple thousand years and introduce vegas to the pitched roof plus uh gutters you know maybe that would help (laughs) (laughs) you know we don't uh we don't do well with water here but that looked like a lot of damage i wonder how long it's going to take them to fix that yeah, I mean, it's crazy that this keeps happening, but you'd think they'd figure it out. And then we see it in Circa, like even new buildings. So whatever the, the cure is, they don't know. So it's like uh, you're up in the uh, screens in the windows. They don't know how to do that either. <laughs> hey, uh, at least we have screens, right? Yeah, true. <laughs> Keep the locusts out. There you go. <laughs> All right, Mark, uh, the big news of this week is that Area 15 is expanding and they have a partner, a big name partner, Universal Studios is going to be building a like permanent horror attraction. Universal's popular for their Halloween Horror Nights in Hollywood and in Orlando, and they're gonna take some version of that and bring it to Las Vegas as a permanent year-round attraction. And this is gonna be the anchor of an expansion of Area 15 into the north side. Longtime Las Vegas locals will know that land as the old Scandia land where the mini golf course was. That's where this is going, so permanent horror coming universal coming to las vegas they also announced a kitty park in texas so it's an interesting kind of uh, array of announcements kitty park in texas and halloween horror nights year-round in vegas well we all know universal is better than disney so that's good that uh, they're coming to vegas sorry sorry mickey in the background there but uh no no this is cool i love area 15 i think it's a really unique uh, cool cool addition to vegas and you know we went there and checked everything out and i really enjoyed it so I'm looking forward to having this ad in, and it does seem like they just keep expanding. I wonder what they're going to do because it's already kind of a far walk between some of the uh, attractions. So I wonder what they're going to do for that if they if they have something because adding this to the backside is just going to make it even even more difficult to get around. So I'm curious to see how they uh, fix that. But this looks uh, like something that's going to be great and a, a good new addition. Yeah. So for comparison, Omega Mart, which is sort of the anchor Tenant area 15 is 52,000 square feet. This new uh, universal thing will be 110,000 square feet. Plus there will be other entertainment and dining options as part of that expansion. I have a friend who works there and he showed me how much land the area 15 owners own. And there's even more than what they're doing here. So there could be even more possible expansions almost all the way up to Palace Station on that side of the freeway. So there could be even more coming in the future years, but I feel like this is a big get, and we always make fun of Vital Vegas rumors, but he did rumor this, I think, last year or maybe six, seven months ago, so congratulations to him for getting that right, but yeah, Universal, excited to come here, and you know they are going to bring in their old properties, some of their classic horror properties, along with their new stuff that they're doing, and these mazes or haunts or live action events that they're going to do are going to switch out, so it won't always be the same. Kind of similar to how they do Halloween Horror Nights every year. They have different mazes themed to different movies. So I've never loved the the scare places just because I'm a very jumpy person. Scare, you know, somebody jumps out at you 15 times, it starts to rattle your nerves. So they're not my favorite, but I'll have to give this a try. And uh, Universal is the best in the business at doing these horror things. So it's a perfect fit. Fits in with the adult theme of Las Vegas. I think this is exciting and uh, it's good to see Area 15 expanding. There really is so much to do there. 
and you know more than either of us have done although we do have that video on the channel highlighting some of the big experiences there but it's almost turning into its own like a theme park you know area if you kind of add in all the attractions although a very expensive one considering the prices of everything yeah i mean omega market is massive and this is going to be double that so i i can't even like wrap my mind around how big that's going to be. And, you know, we've talked about uh, at the end of last year how good Vegas is, uh, you know, around holidays and stuff. So this is another thing that around Halloween and I'm sure they'll do something special for around Christmas and end of the year and stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Uh, Area 15 is amazing. I can't say enough good things about it. I think uh, lift off is one of my favorite things to do in Vegas now. So if you haven't gone over there, definitely check that out for sure. Yeah, they're doing cool stuff over there. Look forward to hearing more about this project as it comes. No name has been announced officially, and uh, there's still light on a lot of the details. So we'll keep updated on that progress as they build it out. Now let's talk about the company with Las Vegas in its name, but no Las Vegas locations. That's Las Vegas Sands, the former owner of the Venetian and many Macau casinos and the famous Marina Bay Sands in Singapore. When they sold Venetian, they said they were going to use that money to explore expanding into new markets, and they're finally making their bid to build a casino on Long Island. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be on the lot where the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum is, which is an older sort of venue, I think about 50 years old, and they're going to get up to 80 acres to do that, a full integrated resort, four and five star hotel rooms, a live performance venue, celebrity chef restaurants, convention space. And the casino, they say, is only going to take up 10% of the available space. So the focus will be on all of that other stuff. But the casino hopefully bring people in and make them some money. This seems like a very sort of like, I know it's on a side of an arena, but it seems like on Long Island, in the middle of kind of neighborhoods. Do you think this is a good fit? I mean, do you think the people there are going to be happy to have this? I mean, it's funny that we just talked about last week or last episode, the the neighborhood that's getting a casino built and people are okay with it because it's Vegas and it actually people were looking forward to it. And then you you look at New York and people are like, no, I don't want I don't want a casino in my in my neighborhood. So it's like different uh, opposite ends of the spectrum. But it is weird. I did, you know, that 10% of the the total space being gaming floor, I thought was interesting that they pointed out, like trying to underplay that it's a casino and wanting to be like, oh, no, we're going to be bringing other things for you to do, you know, and then I wonder if they like played with that number a bit where they're including like every room that they're building out as, as square footage, or if they're talking about just the land space. So I have to imagine that they, they played some games there uh, to, to mess with people. But yeah, I don't know. I, if I go to New York, I'm probably not going to go out to Long Island to go check out a casino. So it's definitely going to be a locals only place, I think. Yeah, and there are a lot of people in New York, obviously, who go to Atlantic City. And then there are some casinos coming in New York, like Resorts World has a casino now at the racetrack. So, you know, that sort of exists there now. And I feel like the initial reaction by most people is, yeah, no casino in my neighborhood, but it can add a, a lot of good stuff. It can also add uh, some bad stuff, so I could get kind of both sides of that. But I'm guessing that they're going to go forward with this. Las Vegas Sands kind of builds the best integrated resorts in the world. Uh, if you've been to their properties in Macau, even looking at the Venetian Palazzo in Las Vegas, how well it's integrated. I just stayed there the other night and kind of was marveling at that. You know, I love Wynn Encore and just kind of a similar concept with the two casinos within the, the larger property. But if you kind of look at Venetian, how it's all integrated, how you connect to everything, how everything feels more cohesive, it's even better than I think Win. And they've done this all over the world. And, you know, they do a good job of that. That's their thing, the integrated resort. So I think in some ways, this is probably a good operator. 
if you're in New York and you want one because there are going to be a casino somewhere, right? I mean, the, the licenses are going to get issued. So I think they could be a good partner for them, but uh, we'll have to see. There wasn't any concept art released, not a lot of information other than those high-level details that they gave that it's going to be a casino with nice restaurants, convention space, a showroom, all that typical stuff. So, you know, I would expect it to be pretty nice, but we still need to wait to, to hear more. And I think they'll probably have a few battles along the way. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the best fit for the neighborhood and what they're going for. Maybe Wynn would be the other one, you know, because but Wynn just opened up in Boston a couple of years ago. So they're probably not looking for any more expansion over there. And this is the next best thing, I think. If you do have to do it, even if you're against it, I think that you're at least getting this versus, you know, a Caesars or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, isn't Caesars, <laughs> didn't we talk about, aren't they trying to build something in Times Square or I forget what that story was, but there are going to yeah. be other New York casino stories coming as well. That, I don't see how that would fit, but yeah, th that's a crazy story. I don't know that that ever gets anywhere, but this one seems more legit because it is in the neighborhood. It's you know, not in Manhattan. I just don't see a casino being in Manhattan anytime soon, personally. All right. Speaking of Caesars, Caesars Palace was robbed the other day, but this time they caught the guy. So they arrested him and they brought uh, in so the... They brought in the running cops from uh, Flamingo. They, they After they helped the guy with $6 million get out of there, they went over there and busted the guy. That along with the robotic bouncer from Southfire, <laughs> they all came together and they finally solved this casino robbery problem. Hopefully stuff like this discourages future people from doing it. As usual, the media did cover this, but there's a lot of information that they didn't give. So we don't quite know everything. And that's sort of like the typical thing, but... Hopefully this ends the, the rash of robberies. I think we're up to seven in the last few months. So yeah, not good. I don't want to talk too much about it anymore because what else do we have to say about a casino getting robbed, Mark? We've said it so many times in the last couple of months. Uh, here's a cool little perk that I found out about this week. You can use your library card at any of the libraries in Southern Nevada to get a free pass that gets you access to any of the state parks. So you use your library card, you can reserve one of these passes. There are a limited supply, but then you can get free access to all of the state parks. Unfortunately, it doesn't work for the federal land like, you know, Lake Mead and Red Rock and stuff like that. But there are a lot of beautiful state parks in Nevada. And this is kind of a cool way to open it up to the community, take it so people don't have to pay and make those outdoor areas more accessible. So kudos to them, and I think more areas should try this. Yeah, I think it's a great program, a great plan. I wish it was just like you show up with your library card and show it and get in, you know, versus having to go get a ticket and, and being limited. But I think it's amazing and, and something, you know, I always enjoy checking out local areas. You know, we talk about travel a lot and, and all that stuff and going to Vegas and, and things like that. But it's always fun to you know, kind of explore where you live and, and maybe taking an hour drive somewhere and checking out something new. And when it's free, it's even better. So this is, you know, a great option for people to kind of explore Nevada because when you're a local somewhere, you don't really go and deep dive. And I know you've talked about this, even Vegas, like doing this show has you going into places and looking at things in a different way. And I think that's pretty cool. And this is another opportunity to do that for sure. Yeah, I think it's a, a brilliant thing. I get why they don't allow you just to bring your library card because then everybody would do that. And, you know, they have a limited yes. supply, right? They, gotta, the plan. they still got to fund the, <laughs> fund the park somehow. So we already paid for the land with our uh, taxes. So let us in. There, there you go. <laughs> All right. Did you see this story in the sun about... Uh, Adele needing seat fillers and struggling with her residency, or that's at least how they framed it. And it got kind of worldwide attention. I think the Sun covered it, but a lot of other places covered it. And there's a lot of like pushback against this. 
I think the main problem with Adele and kind of going back, she canceled that original residency, rescheduled shows, added more shows, but the vast majority of these tickets were picked up by ticket brokers. And, you know, we saw tickets as soon as they went on sale on the resale market for upwards of $40,000. Now those same kind of tickets are down to about $4,000 for those kind of front row tickets. And, you know, if you try to buy a ticket right before showtime, you might be able to find somebody dumping a ticket for a hundred bucks or something like that. So they are using seat fillers because a lot of people are not showing up, but I think that's more a sign of ticket brokers not being able to get crazy sums of money for their tickets and all the shows are sold out. So, you know, it's kind of on one hand, it's fun to kind of, you know, attack Adele, not really, but I'm glad she's doing well. But on the other hand, that's not so true. Using seat fillers is something that they do quite often in Vegas, but is it really her fault if brokers bought all the tickets and now they're not selling them or they're dumping them and kind of holding out so that there's a lot of empty seats? The real question is here, how do you become a seat filler? Like, how do you get that? I want to <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. Yeah. Give me a, give me a call. I want to go see Adele, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, the fact that they're all sold out, what do they care? Like if I'm Adele, I sold out, I, you know, we made money that that's the whole point of this, but you do want to see, you know, you want to get that vibe of, of everybody in the seat. So I see why they fill it a little bit. So it just doesn't take away from the experience. I feel like it's just the whole entertainment industry is overpriced people. And, and that's playing a role here too. I agree. And I think maybe the strategy with ticket brokers is to keep the prices high and maybe eat tickets, you know, so they can get those sales what they can. You know, when the face value of a ticket is $400, but then they're selling it for 4000 maybe there's a lot of people who would pay 400 but not 4000 It's a point that needs to be made. There are very few smaller shows left in Las Vegas. COVID destroyed so much of the entertainment industry here. And now all you have are these big ticket events, these big residencies, these hugely expensive shows and gone are the days of the you know smaller entertainment with the cheaper tickets. And there were so many good shows in Las Vegas before COVID, and not even just before COVID, going way back. All of that's gone. When is it going to come back? You know, we need somebody to bring back some of this smaller entertainment, and maybe we can fill showrooms that way instead of being four hundred dollars a ticket or three hundred dollars a ticket. There's only so many people who are going to pay that, and it's sort of kind of takes away from the lore of the entertainment of Las Vegas. All right, I did want to finish off by talking about the Hard Rock status match because I finally got a chance to do that. MGM sold Mirage to Hard Rock and now they have their Unity program and they are matching MGM status into their program. And I went there the other day, it was very quiet, walked right up, handed my MGM gold card to him and it was no problem. He gave me the icon status. Now there is a sign that has been floating around a picture saying that MGM gold equates to the lower tier but for whatever reason, since the beginning, they've been matching it to Icon, and I had that same experience. So that gives you kind of priority access to a lot of things. And what's really good is that Unity status is kind of global to all their casinos now, except for I think Atlantic City still in the process of switching over. But you also get 10,000 points, which is good for $57 in free play or $100 food and beverage credit. So that's worth doing it alone and it was kind of nice to walk over there and then I got to watch the volcano which I hadn't watched in a while and it was raining the same kind of rain that flooded Binion's and it was glorious it was great to watch it in the rain I forgot how much heat you can feel coming off the volcano there was probably only about 20 people out there watching it with me at 11 o'clock at night and uh, yeah it was a great time reminded how much I love that show and I felt very kind of melancholy afterwards kind of realizing as I took it all in 
you know, what exactly is going to be there. That monstrosity of a guitar tower, which, by the way, I do like, but it is going to be a different vibe. And that kind of made me sad for a minute. Yeah, definitely. You know, that that's a cool show. And I'm glad it was working while you were there because, you know, we've we've seen so many times that it's just un- under repair or not not functioning properly. So that's cool. And I hope they keep it up as much as possible until the end because i know a lot of people are going to want to check it out but yeah if you're if you're in vegas definitely do the match get the hundred dollars in food did they say when it's going to end by any chance like when they're going to stop doing matches so i asked him that specifically and he said there's no end date announced so could be any time i expect it'll go on quite a while because there's a lot of like mgm people right that they got to get through there the card does say it expires february of 23 which is next month so i think they're going to renew all those people that's what i've heard I did not ask that, so we'll try to get more information on that. I can't imagine they're just matching for a month, and then, you know, you're out of luck. Hey, but, you got your 100 bucks. What does it matter? And you just have to have activity every six months to keep the points. So if you match and you're never going to use it, make sure you use up those points within uh, within six months. But like I said, you can load it as $57 in free play if you don't want the, the food, and you can try your luck, see if you can turn that into some cash in your pocket. But other than that, I mean, it just felt like Mirage... Same old days, not a lot changed there. Some hard rock stuff here and there, but we won't see any big changes for at least, you know, nine months a year until they get those plans finalized. So get out there, watch that volcano, match your status, take a little uh, free play or free food and enjoy yourself. Enjoy what's left of Mirage. We should mention if you have Hyatt status, globalist or explorist, you can match that over to MGM. You can do it online. Uh, which I know Sean will put a a link to an article explaining all that. So then you can get MGM Gold, and then you can go do this. So if you have that hotel status, then definitely, you know, this is worthwhile to do as well. You don't have to earn MGM Gold to get it. So that's pretty cool. Cool indeed. And that's going to do it for this week's show. Let us know what you think about anything we talked about today, the Mirage Volcano in the Rain. You think that's a cool experience. Universal coming to Las Vegas, Binion's flooding again. All of that stuff, hit me up in the comments. We'll talk there. And don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you receive notifications of all of our videos. We do two videos a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. And we will be back with another video in just a few days. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time. Have a good weekend, everybody.